This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Uh, Jackie Moon, I'm sure you witnessed the old Jackie Moon this week, uh, could start for the Lakers right now. I think that's the truth. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the latest episode of What Did I Miss? Today I'm joined by a coworker, and I love saying that because technically we're coworkers, but we don't actually ever get to see each other at any point. But it's from the No Dunks podcast. Trey Kirby joining me today. Trey, I want to thank you for the time right off the bat. Isn't it weird that we're technically coworkers, but none of us really know each other? Yeah, that is really weird. I've never thought of it that way, but yeah, I mean, I guess we know each other just internet-wise, you know? We're just in yeah. the same Zooms and the various uh, different <laughs> streaming services. Uh, maybe someday we'll actually see flesh-to-flesh, face-to-face. We still yeah, see. Like- the days of water cooler, like we don't have water coolers in this new weird world of ours. It's kind of sad. There's no office. Off, I don't want. I want office gossip. I want to know who's dating who. We got nothing. I got no gossip for you. All we got is the Twitter water cooler at this point. <laughs> Not quite the same, you know. People yeah. are always angry at that water cooler for some yeah. reason. That's the angriest water cooler in the history of the world. But that's actually that's kind of the point. So. We don't really know each other. I know what I know of you via social media, which, I mean, according to the world, means I know you completely and totally and we're best friends. But just in case that theory does not hold up, I figured this would be a good time to like get to know each other a little bit better, or at least me, you. So first off, Bulls fan, how are you feeling this season so far? Well, I wish you would have had me on before the five-game losing streak <laughs> when the Bulls are playing their worst of the season. But in general, I'm feeling pretty good. I tried to tell everybody last year that the Bulls were back. They had a nice first half of the season. They made a trade for Nikola Vucevic. It looked like they were on the up and up. And then the things fell off basically after the trade deadline, after the All-Star break. But this year, they came in. They looked great after signing DeRozan, after trading for Lonzo Ball, after signing for Alex Caruso. Unfortunately, Ball and Caruso have been hurt for a huge chunk of this season recently. So the Bulls' defense Mm -hmm. has fallen off. They ain't looking good. But as long as they're healthy for the playoffs, I'm excited to at least hopefully be able to go back home, see a playoff game in the United Center for the first time in ages. So I'm glad I have you on here as a Bulls fan because I, there, I don't get to talk to a lot of Bulls fans anymore. It's, it's very weird how the world has changed for the worst. Uh, and that being said, when the offseason happened and, and all of the trades happened and the Lakers did what they did and it seemed like everyone, it just monopolized the airways, which it always does. But I do specifically remember hearing talking people talking about the Chicago Bulls and what they did. And no one seemed to be overly impressed by it. And I remember thinking at the time by myself, like, this seems like this is going to be a really good thing for the Bulls. When they did everything they did, were you like, why is everyone talking about the Lakers? We legitimately just did something great. Yeah, a little bit. I thought it was, I mean, as a Spurs fan, you watched DeMar DeRozan. You saw how his game grew after uh, the Kawhi Leonard trade. Uh, I lived in Toronto for a couple of years, so I watched a lot of DeRozan back in the day. And then uh, doing the podcast, had to keep up with the Spurs as well. So I don't think that everybody had their eyes on DeMar DeRozan for the past few seasons when he's been in San Antonio. Uh, (laughs) And maybe maybe the reputation for DeRozan 
uh, was kind of set in stone with the way things ended in Toronto, where it was like him and Kyle Lowry went head to head with LeBron season after season after season and just kept coming up short. But as it turned out, when he came to the Bulls, he didn't necessarily have to be the number one guy, though he was. He just had to be the number one guy for them, maybe a one and a half alongside with Zach Levine. But it started popping. That being said, I didn't expect the Bulls' defense to be as good as it was in the first half of the season. Having Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso as guards, they're just getting after it uh, at the point of attack, forcing a bunch of turnovers and then being able to turn that defense into offense, get a lot of baskets that way. With Vucevic as the main guy, you got to have some solid uh, defenders on the perimeter. That's why they've fallen off in the meantime. But to see them click right away, I thought was pretty impressive. I remember during the preseason, they were winning a bunch of preseason games by like 40 points, <laughs> scoring a ton of points. And everyone's like, oh, the preseason doesn't mean nothing. I mean, doesn't mean anything. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't mean anything unless it's the Bulls, in which case it means a whole lot. And it did for it a did. little. It has uh, to be we'll something see if sometimes. It still can. Yeah, sometimes you, you it means basically... something a little bit. You're like, we broke up with DeMar DeRozan, and then he got way hotter. And that's exactly what's happening right now. You guys got the hot version, the hot, hot version of DeMar DeRozan. And we're just like, well, it didn't work here. On a, on a scale of one to ten, um, Grayson Allen, punchable or super punchable? <laughs> uh, I'll, go, I'll go with ten on super punchable. I think, I think that um, the thing that was super impressive to me, uh, the Bulls just played the Bucks for the first time after the Grayson Allen, Alex Caruso incident. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, they've brought in Tristan Thompson off the waiver wire uh, in the buyout market. So he wasn't even a bull when uh, the Alex Caruso, Grayson <laughs> Allen first incident happened. But he's the guy who's like, we're not letting that happen again. That ain't happening here. So he was fired up. I love to see that. A, a new veteran to the team who is instantly the guy who wants to go out there and just smash bodies. It turned out being Derek Jones Jr. who flagrant fouled him in the game. So, you know, I think uh, the Bulls and the Bucks are even for this one. But the Bulls probably still owe the Bucks one for uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo versus Mike Danto uh, Dunleavy back in 2015. I'll never Man, forget that Man, you're holding on to that. Oh, yeah. You wow. know, Giannis's first playoff appearance. He got super mad at Mike Dunleavy. Uh, that was like one of the Bulls' most recent playoff moments. That was a long time ago. So <laughs> revenge is coming. <laughs> I get it. I hold on to things for decades. Yeah. I love that Tristan Tom. He's like the professional journeyman. Like he knows that second you trade that you are a wee, wee, wee guy. We're going to do. I've always thought that's a weird part about sports because it takes me such a long time to sort of adapt to my new surroundings that the idea of me saying we right off the bat feels just inauthentic. He embraces it. Like it's, he's not even there yet. He hasn't even landed in Chicago. He's already like, we, I, I, I almost admire it if I didn't think it was so weird. Yeah, it is a little strange where you're like, uh, feels like a bunch of guys rolling up to a fight and he's like leading the way and you're like, what, what, Who Tristan Thompson? Uh, the best version of this to me was Gary Trent Jr. last season. Uh, there was the big trade between the Raptors and the Trailblazers. Uh, Gary Trent came over from uh, Portland to Toronto and instantly he starts saying, we the North in every single interview. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you've been, been there for like 20 minutes, but he's also like, he's like a free agent coming into the season. So like saying we the North a bunch of times is a great man. way to ingratiate yourself to the fans. They're like, we can't let this guy go. He's part of the North here. It's a good company, man. It's like, a, yeah. I, I, I admire it. I don't have that skill and I never have. And I, I kind of wish I did. Um, the wedgie count for those who may not be familiar, which who are you? What's the wedgie count? Okay. So the wedgie is the no dunks contribution to the basketball lexicon. It's kind of like um, the opposite of a swish. A swish hits only the net. 
a wedgie hits only the rim and the backboard and gets stuck there. We've been tracking them now uh, for, I don't know, five or six seasons. We're always yeah. trying to get to 50 wedgies. Uh, that's how we know we've had a successful season. It's happened twice. We're at 30 wedgies right now, but we had some exciting news uh, recently. We were People have been tweeting us clips from a German game show where they asked, what? what is a wedgie? Like that was the actual question on this German uh, trivia show. What is a wedgie? A behind the back pass, something else, oh, or no. whatever an actual wedgie is. And the like, the question master actually mentioned there are about 50 in a season. So we're <gasps> feeling pretty good that wedgies have made it all the way around to German quiz shows. Okay, that is actually awesome. Because yeah. the word wedgie is a real thing also. And the fact that that's not what... I am so impressed right now. That is whose job is it to keep track of that? By the way, I'm, I'm I always am amazed by who keeps track of what stats. This one's very specific. Who's doing this? Well, this one started out just us tracking it, and we would always mention it on the shows when we were doing the starters. But since we kept mentioning it so many times and trying to keep track of all of them, <laughs> now it's become everybody on the internet. It feels like as soon Perfect. as there's a ball stuck in a rim somewhere, doesn't matter the game. Uh, doesn't matter the country. We saw a Filipino wedgie as well last night. We've seen one from the Netherlands. Anytime it happens anywhere on earth, somebody sent us a video of it. And they always get ovation. Like that's what cracks me up about when it happens in a game. For some reason, as fans, we like it. I don't know what happens where we think we're cheering the ball stuck. Why do we do yeah. that? No idea. It just feels like time stops for just a <laughs> second because everybody's jostling, everybody's banging bodies. But then they look up and they're like, oh, Okay, yeah. I guess we're taking a break. Sometimes they let it breathe. We always are big proponents of keep it up there as long as you possibly can. Okay. But there's a lot of tall guys around in the yeah. NBA, so they get it down pretty quickly. They like to jump. The jumping yeah. is what does it. Other than that, favorite basketball stat, what do you have? <laughs> or do you have? I love a screen assist. I think screen <laughs> assists are hilarious. I love a potential assist, which is just a pass to a guy who completely misses a shot. Oh, that's uh, nice. But for me, Michelle, number one has got to be field goals because it's all about getting buckets, of course. The, obviously, that's yeah. the only way you get paid. Um, you are a WWE fan. Now, are you a WWE fan steady and always? Or do you take breaks? Like, I take breaks. And yeah, I'll go I'm for a years. And, okay, so where are you right now in your fandom? Well, I just watched a clip that Stone Cold Steve Austin is apparently coming to WrestleMania 38. So I'm a WWE fan right now. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. He said, I've got one can of whoop ass left. He's been saving it for 19 years. I hope it hasn't spoiled in the meantime. But that's the thing for me is like once the Royal Rumble comes around, that's when I really get tuned in on the road to WrestleMania. You know, yes. these are the big like the tennis majors. These are the tennis majors of the WWE. So that's kind of when I first, uh, I hop in, I'll watch until WrestleMania, see all of those arcs play out and then maybe back in for SummerSlam. Yeah. I'm kind of with you on that. I'll randomly tune into like a Monday night, just if I'm at home, but it's the WrestleMania because I feel like WWE, like the rest of the world has really captured and embraced this idea of nostalgia. And I remember the couple WrestleManias I went to, I was excited for the, you know, the contemporary people that were doing what they were doing. But my loudest and happiest and most hysterical moments were inevitably like when Sting came out or when, uh, you know, all those guys came like they came out one time and I'm just like losing my mind like I'm 11. They, WWE does a good job of keeping everybody sort of in the family, even when they break up for a while. And then somehow we get them back, at least for little pieces. And I think it's perfect. 
Yeah, and that's why to me, I mean, the Stone Cold announcement, apparently it's been rumored for weeks that that was going to be the case, but uh, seeing it come through, that's really cool. And that's why the the Royal Rumble is so much fun to watch because you get, I don't know, 20 names announced and then, you know, there's (laughs) going to be 10 run-ins of just random people that you used to watch 20 years ago. (laughs) That'd be awesome if they could do that in the NBA, just like bring back a role player every once in a while. We're like, all right. Uh, you know, I the wish. Bulls have lost five straight games. Now you get Scottie Pippen. Scottie <gasps> Pippen's playing on the wing for 20 minutes. Let's see what I he would, can do. I would pay so much. During COVID, when like sort of you needed bodies for a while there, I was like, oh, this could be a really cool moment for the NBA to embrace some of the older guys. But they didn't. They went the other way, which I thought was kind of a missed opportunity, to be honest with you. I would have paid a lot of money to watch some of the old dudes just come running in. Yeah, my... Greatest idea for saving All-Star Weekend this year was it was the top 75 anniversary. Uh, so we had, you know, the top 76 Plus players James in NBA Harden. history. <laughs> yeah, he was number 76. Uh, <laughs> I saw the votes. Uh, but they had all of these great legends of the game there. They're out there on the court. Let's see who can still dunk, you know? Yes. Can Dr. J still dunk at 63 years old? Can Michael Jordan, you know, uh, some yes. of the big guys, like they're seven feet. You think they can they can probably still throw it down, but I don't know. People start moving know. differently when you get uh, up in age. I thought it would have been a really cool way to kind of tie in a bunch of eras together and to see some things we'd never seen before. That would have stolen any of the show, all of the show and any of the show. It would have even stolen from DJ Khaled, who really was the star of the weekend, according to him. So I feel like <laughs> next time we have that kind of opportunity, which I guess won't be for like another 25 years or so. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to do that. I wonder about Shaq, because Shaq is obviously very agile, very active, very alive. But, you know, I don't know. Jumping is still a thing. How's the body feeling? Yeah, He's that's hurt. a great that's a great question. And his, if I'm not mistaken, his career ended with the Celtics because of like a calf injury. So he went out with like a leg injury. He's obviously a big, tall, old guy now. I know for a while they would have him like try and dunk on NBA TV. And he thought he was going to be able to do it. And he went up to dunk and he just like hit the back room was like, what? <laughs> what? I can't dunk right now. So I think he probably since that moment has like been getting back oh. to it. So he's like, Shaq has to be able to dunk. You know, like like we'll see a clip of Dr. J. I think his story is that like every year on his birthday, he makes sure he can still dunk. So when he turned 60 a few years ago, they had like a beautiful slow-mo version. And you're like, Dr. J, you're 60 years old and you look like you're 30 throwing down no problem. I would like to see that for every player, to be quite honest. Honestly, I think that's one of the best ideas I've heard, and I, I am sad that we missed it. Um, this wouldn't be a sports anything, although who are we kidding? Is it really a sports broadcast? I don't know. But uh, podcast, football dominated this week. They had the audacity and the rudeness, quite frankly, to do it on International Women's Day, um, of course. But Aaron Rodgers did what everyone thought he would do. But the big thing was Russell Wilson. A, how many points are you giving to Russell Wilson to actually stealing the spotlight from Aaron Rodgers? Same day news. Yeah, a lot of big quarterback news out there. Uh, A fun thing about me, I don't know if this is fun. I married into a (laughs) Packers family. I'm a big Bears fan. I married into a Packers family. Our daughter was, our first daughter was born in October. And I think the Bears and Packers played like that next month or something like that in November. (laughs) So we're like, all right, it all comes down to this. She's a month old. Whoever wins this game, that's who she's going to be a fan of for the rest of her life. Of course, the Packers won. So I've been having to watch. Aaron Rodgers destroy the Chicago Bears for 20 years, it seems like at this point. The only like the only benefit I could have is that at one point he lied about being vaccinated in COVID. So at least I can always bring that up right. against uh, against That's my shady. wife. But like to see this guy resign 
and continue to torture the Chicago Bears for years and years while being the most highest paid player in NBA history. I was very uh, sad and not surprised to see that come through. Uh, but then, yeah, to see Russell Wilson traded Ew. and then to see what he was traded for. I know it's different in the NFL, but it's very weird to see Russell Wilson, like a big name, a successful player, a still good player. And he's traded for like a tight end and a million draft picks. Yeah, that's exactly. wild. At least in the NBA, it's like you kind of got to match the salaries with regard, you know, with regards to big contracts. So they'll throw in like a guy who's overpaid at this point, along with the draft <laughs> picks. But I was like, Noah Font. Yeah, I don't no, even exactly. know who that is. <laughs> no, who that is at all. <laughs> well, and the thing is, too, I, I kind of like, you know, if you don't want to be somewhere and the, and the team and the players sort of agree, it's like it's a real relationship. Like, look, this isn't working. Um, let's just get the best that we can do as we both leave. Well, you know, I don't know if that works that way. I just thought it was crazy that on a day, not even just a day, a season, a year in which Aaron Rodgers has sort of monopolized a lot of the news cycle to see little Russell Wilson just come on through at the end of the day there. And I was like, oh, well, that's that's different. You know, what? as a Bears fan, I wanted to ask. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers beats the Bears. Yeah, he's now the highest paid player. But at the end of the day, he hasn't really he's not Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady goes and wins championships and that's his job. And he does it like that. He hasn't done that. So do you take any solace or do you do any smack talk in the regards of, yeah, Aaron Rodgers can win during the regular season, but what else has he done? Do you do that at all or does it count? Um, I don't do that because I still see him beating the Bears. And that to me is <laughs> like it. number one, like, yeah, yeah, we can talk trash about the fact that he never wins the Super Bowl, but he's still beating the Bears. That being said, anytime I send a tweet about Aaron Rodgers, like I tweeted yesterday, oh man, looks like Aaron Rodgers is going to be beating the Bears for the rest of all time. But then all the Bears fans will hi like slide into my mentions and say, yeah, but he's only got as many conference championship wins as Rex Grossman. So that's there like you an go. instant like for me. <laughs> I won't say it, but I will definitely like it. I might retweet. I might even quote tweet it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I love to see that kind of, you know, the, the sideways trash talk. Like, yeah, he's better than us, but he's not the best. Ex Honestly, there you have to find some Levels. ground to feel better about yourself. Uh, Thursday night. So the, the story is, and I won't believe it until I see it. Although everyone says it's going to happen. Steve Nash says it's going to happen. Ben Simmons will be on the bench in Philadelphia as a member of the Brooklyn Nets. Your thoughts initially when you heard that this was the, the strategy. I was, I guess I'm a little surprised, but it's a little bit like getting in some practice booze for Ben Simmons, you know, like <laughs> if you were playing, if you were playing, it kind of feels like he would be booed every time he touches his ball, obviously, Easy. but that's yeah. kind of the way booing goes in basketball. You know, like Goran Dragic just played a game against the Toronto Raptors. It was the first time they had fans in their stadium for quite some time. The way his tenure with the Raptors didn't end well, didn't sit well with Toronto fans, and they were just merciless. Every time he touched the ball, we're booing him, but then he would pass it, and it's like, okay, whoever's doing whatever. No big yeah. deal. But with this, Ben Simmons is just going to be sitting there for the entire 48 minutes with Philadelphia. Yeah. They're going to be all over him, um, but at least he's facing the music a little, I guess. I think that's better than just completely skipping out on the game, at least making an appearance, showing face, and getting <laughs> screamed Practice. at for two and a half hours. I mean, and like, at least you're sitting there, you're surrounded by your teammates. Um, the seats around the bench are, must be, I, I would imagine, going for top dollar at this point. You've got some very well-seasoned, very experienced smack talkers in that city. So I feel like whatever seats are around the Brooklyn bench uh, for Thursday night, I'd pay for it. 
because I'd want to talk smack the whole time. Eh, he's going to be all right. That Speaking of people who get booed and are quite used to it, and I would say embrace it, Kyrie Irving. Now, if these rules change, which it looks like the country's heading in that direction, if the rules change in the state of New York, as far as Kyrie Irving is concerned, do you think that all of the time off in the long run, as we head into the playoffs and whatever run it is they're trying to make, will this prove beneficial as if he's been sort of, um, I don't know, if they've been load management? Or do you think the lack of long-term chemistry during the season is going to end up biting them in the butts? Uh, it's tough to say. I can, On one hand, I definitely see the argument that the Nets are going to be like one of the fresher teams when they come into playoff time. Because I'm with you, it kind of feels like Kyrie is going to be a full-time competitor by the time... Uh, we get to the playoffs. He says the mayor is on his side. It sounded to me like Adam Silver was kind of on his side when he was talking to CNN a couple of weeks ago. So I would not be surprised to see him play. And as we saw uh, in that game against the Hornets, like he can come off of a, a two-week layoff and hang 50 on basically any team out there. And it's the same for Kevin Durant, who also just missed a huge yeah. chunk of time with an injury. So he's coming back with decently fresh legs. Uh, that Hornets game was only Kyrie's 17th game of the season. So, you know, That's he's so fresh. Weird. And Ben Simmons obviously hasn't taken the court yet. He hasn't played uh, since July. So he should be fresh as well. Of course, they're going to have a pretty tough path coming from likely the play-in tournament. Uh, but that's the thing <laughs> to me is that the Nets aren't a team that's built with a system in mind. They're built to be able to just roll out the balls and have the most talent on the court and even if it's just Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, that's enough to beat a lot of teams. It was one-legged James Harden out there with <laughs> Kevin Durant last year. And he went seven games toe-to-toe, literally, with the Milwaukee Bucks. They were that close. Those guys are just so good that they are a much scarier play-in team to me than the Lakers are as a play-in team. Just because yeah. they have role guys who know how to play alongside uh, the shooters in Durant and Kyrie. And then maybe they'll get a little something from Ben Simmons defensively. So... Yeah, maybe that's why Ben Simmons is taking these practice moves. There's a good chance that the Nets and the Sixers meet up in a playoff series in oh, the second so. round. You don't want your first time to, uh, back in front no. of those fans to be in the playoffs. They're going to be brutal anyways. So, yeah, get your practice booze in. If you could be a fly on the wall in the NBA League offices and even some of the networks at this point, if the Nets pull this off, maybe not win the whole thing, but go really, really far. This basically proves that the regular season is it's a waste of time. Like, that's what it looks like to a lot of people. It looks like that to fans. Maybe people don't want to spend their money anymore. They just want to wait for the postseason. Like, how bad of a look would it be if the Nets were to figure it out and go pretty far? Uh, honestly, if it's the Nets, I think it's pretty bad. Because the Nets kind of, this to, the Nets, the way they dropped in the play-in tournament is a lot different than the way the Lakers did it. The Lakers right. just kept getting banged up, you know? Like, LeBron missed a big chunk of time. Davis was out twice. And then, obviously, the Westbrook fit hasn't been good. But in general, those have been, uh, you know, accidental reasons of being a bad team. Whereas with the Sixers, it's like Kyrie didn't want to get the shot, so he's only able to play in not even half of their games. Ben Simmons hasn't been around. James Harden didn't want to be there for the last month he was there, so it was kind <laughs> of on the nets that they got so bad. Obviously, the KD injury is a little bit different, but they did not make the regular season a priority to them at all, and I think even the way Steve Nash has been coaching has been kind of experimental the entire season. Like Some guys will be in the rotation for two weeks, and then you don't see Bruce Brown again for two weeks, but... <laughs> Eventually, they're all going to have to play, but they've kind of treated the regular season as a chance to figure out what's going to work and just get by 
until yeah. it's actual actually playoff time. So, I mean, it will be very strange if they are if they make it deep into the conference finals, if they go to the finals. That is Oof. a strange look for the league. It really I mean, I root for chaos, obviously, but it will be interesting if it does, in fact, happen. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. We're playing the game that is not sweeping the nation. We've only played it twice. It's called <laughs> The Truth or the False. And we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back. We are going to play a game named after the great Paul Pierce, old poopy pants himself. It's called The Truth or The False. Um, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. I'm going to give you some statements. You go with it, Trey. Are you ready? Yeah. First up, and these are very serious too. Uh, Jokic, lock for MVP, the truth or the false? That's got to be the false right now. He can't be a lock just because the race is too close. I think that he's a lock, the truth, to finish in the top three because right now it's either going to be Jokic, Giannis, or Embiid. It's kind of hard to make a pick between the three of them right now because we're seeing, you know, Jokic will have a 40-point triple-double one night, so then Joel Embiid <laughs> the next night will have 40 and 13, and then Jokic sees that, and he's like, fine, I guess I got to have a 30-point triple-double. It feels like they're just putting up these incredible MVP-like performances every single night, trying to one-up each other. It's At the very least, it's the best MVP race we've had since 2016-17, which was Fair. when... Westbrook won with a triple-double, and he was followed up by James Harden putting up crazy uh, offensive stats, and Kawhi Leonard doing it on both ends. <laughs> it reminds me a lot um, of that season, and it also kind of reminds me of the scoring title race between David Robinson and Shaquille O'Neal oh, way back gosh. when, 93-94. Yes. You know, David Robinson, 71 points on the last day of the season. It yep. feels like we're going to have a massive game from one of these guys during the last couple of weeks that really, like, settles things, and I think we've even got... Jokic versus Embiid next Monday. I know that Jokic hasn't played against Embiid like head-to-head -head since 2019, just with injuries and then both missing time at various points. But those two are at the top of their game right now in very similar situations as well. You know, with Jokic missing Michael Porter Jr. for the majority yeah. of the season, Jamal Murray's been out the entire year, whereas Embiid hasn't had Simmons alongside him and just now is getting James Harden. Uh, they've both been carrying their teams they're both at their peak right now playing better than they've played at all this season which is crazy to think since they've had such good seasons and now they're actually going to meet head to head that is a must watch game I like the idea in my mind of that they keep track of each other daily I like the idea that I've also set up that the Jokic brothers 
are constantly feeding him and beat stats and like are like pregame. Like this is what you have to do. I, I just there's so for some reason I want because always like athletes always play kind of too cool for school. Like, oh, I'm not really paying attention to anyone else. It's you know, we just gotta get the team. But in my mind, they're they're seeing it and they're doing it every night and it makes it so much more entertaining for me. It's so I fun to watch. I wouldn't be surprised if you're right. Uh, I think Jokic would need somebody feeding him the information. His brothers seem to be like the likely sources. And Bede, <laughs> though, you know he's searching it out. He's like, all yeah. right, let's see what Jokic did. I guess I yep. need to be that much better the very next day. Uh, so, yeah, this has been super fun to watch. Uh, these two big guys just doing everything um, for Hella their respective teams. That's perfect. That's perfect. All right. So James Harden has always been good. He just needed Joel Embiid to help him. The truth or the false? The truth. Uh, oh, that's a tough one to say. Um, Joel Embiid right now, obviously the best player that James Harden has ever played alongside of. Uh, I mean, better than Chris Kevin Paul. Durant. Yeah, that, that was early in their careers, though. That was so. so okay, so you're you're giving it the timing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good point. He had it pretty nice when he was with the Oklahoma City Thunder too. Yeah. He was uh, coming off the bench as the sixth man of the year. That's still weird to see when you look at James Harden's basketball reference Very. page. He won a sixth man of the year. Like, Why was he ever coming off the bench? But he was. I don't know. He was really good with Chris Paul as well. The very first season, he's the had Rockets stars. Won Sixty-seven games. Nobody thought it was going to work. It worked perfectly for one year. Chris Paul got dinged up at the end. The Warriors won, and it was all over. The thing now is that it feels like Harden is settling in a little bit to being the number two guy to Embiid, which I think that <laughs> is different than we've seen in the past. He was always the number one guy in Houston. He was kind of the number one guy sometimes with the Nets just because they had so many players in and out of the lineup where he would have the opportunity. But now he just has to be the best James Harden he can be, which is hitting open shots and getting easy shots for Joel Embiid. So it looks good right now, but it's also hard to say anything uh, with regards to Embiid and Harden in the playoffs because we need to see you go far. Like we've seen incredible regular seasons from Harden time and time again. Then he'll have an awesome game one in the playoffs. And then after that, it's just a slow, steady decline until the end of the series. So maybe the fact that they both have somebody to take the load off them saves their legs a little bit. Like Joel Embiid doesn't have to post up every single time he Mm -hmm. comes down the court. Now he doesn't have to bring the ball up the court. He just gets alley-oops. Now he gets drop-offs in the middle of the lane. So this month and a half of them getting to play together, I think saves both of their bodies and they get to build chemistry. They look like a scary team out there, but I want to see what you do when it gets really intense. So that was my that was my thing. Like I have no long term confidence in James Harden, and it's based completely one thousand percent on history, which makes it valid. Uh, but I do think what what's going to help them is the timing of this transaction. Like the fact that he got there when he got there. This honeymoon only has to last a couple more months. Like that's it. If totally. they want to hate each other after that, what? That's fine. But he, you're getting James Harden in his best honeymoon light uh it doesn't get better than that it only goes downhill from here and so for me i'm just sort of curious to see if they can cash in on what is the best moment because i after i don't know what happens next season like we none of us do it's james harden like <laughs> who knows yeah, exactly gonna- <laughs> i think that's actually a great point because when the trade happened at first i was thinking this is this is a lot for the 76ers to have to figure out in in a month before they're going yeah. into the playoffs playing against a lot of really good teams in the Eastern Conference. Then they came out. They looked incredible. And like you're saying, I was like, wait, actually, this is when James Harden plays his hardest (laughs) and he plays the most team-style basketball he ever does is right after the trade. It was like 
Mi- mirror images are the exact same thing as when he was traded to the Nets and everybody's like, oh, yeah. this guy looks great. How could we possibly forget what a great passer and basketball player James Harden is? So yeah, the, the honeymoon <laughs> period is real. Uh, it's good. It's good right now. It's good timing. Uh, LeBron is having his best year ever. The truth or the false? The false. I got to go the false. I mean, he's having a great season, and it is honestly incredible that LeBron is able to still play the way he does at age 37, but the Lakers are far below 500 right now. They're just lucky that the play-in tournament exists, or they would be out of the playoffs pretty easily right now. Um, But LeBron is doing LeBron things. Like a (laughs) 56-point game, and to see the way he was doing it, to see him hit back-to-back threes, then he comes down. Mike Breen is saying he wants another three here. Jeff Van Gundy chimes in. Uh, heat checks rarely work. LeBron oh, knocks what? down the third one. <laughs> well, I guess I was wrong about that one. That was a hilarious moment. Um, but I don't know. To me, when you see the best LeBron teams or the best LeBron seasons, it also pairs with his team being incredible defensively. LeBron himself being Ooh, defensively. Yeah. And I think we've just kind of, you know, we've seen LeBron be so good for so long now that it's almost shocking to see a clip from like the 2012 heat and he's actually able to jump higher and be faster back then. It seems like he hasn't lost a step. He kind of has, but his brain has just gotten several steps in the meantime. So I don't think he's having his best season, but you know, if the Lakers were better, we would be talking about LeBron in the MVP race as well. I think he'll still probably get votes just for how good he's being and how big of a role he plays for the Lakers. He's not a realistic candidate, but if they had another, you know, if they were the fifth seed trying to get into the top four, he would certainly be in the mix. It'd be a totally different story and I would hate it more. All right, quick break. (laughs) (laughs) We'll wrap things up in a couple of seconds. (laughs) With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. These are the last four, the truth or the false. Um, I would say these are more important than anything you've probably done all day. Not at all. First of all, easy one. The Bulls will win the East. Truth or false. The truth. Yeah! That's the truth. Uh, (laughs) I can't pick against them. Sure, I know what you're saying. Aren't they 0-8 against the top three teams in the Eastern Conference? That's just numbers. Hasn't Joel Embiid beat the (laughs) Chicago Bulls literally every single game that he's played against them? Isn't their only big guy inside Nikola Vucevic? It doesn't matter who their center is. They got DeMar DeRozan outside. They got Zach Levine outside. Theoretically, they're getting Ball and Caruso back healthy in time for the playoffs. Or the Bulls ceiling to me right now, being completely honest, conference finals, 
the way the Hawks did it last year. You get the right matchups. You get fortunate injuries. You know, they kind of benefited from Ben Simmons. uh, Ben Simmons not wanting to shoot in the fourth quarter and the 76ers just in general having a meltdown. Things lined up perfectly for them last season to make a run to the conference finals. It was really fun. That could happen with the Bulls. And that to me would be the best, uh, the best possible turnout for them. I think sports are better when Chicago's good in any sport. I just think it's better for all of us as sports fans. Uh, Jackie Moon, I'm sure you witnessed the old Jackie Moon this week, uh, could start for the Lakers right now. I think that's the truth. (laughs) He hit a couple of jumpers. Jackie's jumper was looking nice from the baseline. He hit a half-court shot. Half-court shot. Lakers need a little scoring on the outside. I mean, sure, their defense has been a problem. Sure, the main (laughs) problem with their defense is that they have all old guys. Jackie Moon hasn't played a competitive game since the 1970s. Didn't seem to be much of a defender back then. But they've gotten good minutes from Carmelo Anthony, so I would expect the same uh, from Jackie as well. Uh, That, to me would make the Lakers fun to watch if they would just employ Jackie, like a 10-day. Get him on a 10-day. I would watch every Lakers game until the end of the season, which I would never do otherwise. <laughs> Please At do that. At the very least, like, they should bring him for warm-ups. It seemed to yes. work for the, the Warriors, and it kind of seemed like the only reason that Will Ferrell was around the team at all is because Steve Kerr was like, come in and give the everybody <laughs> love everybody speech. We need some joy around here. Get some smiles on some faces. The Lakers need that as well, so... Maybe maybe it would work. Will Ferrell. I love that Will Ferrell's job is just come in and make people happy. All right, cool. I'll do it. That's a that's a good that's a good position in life. Yeah. Um the truth or the false, you have small feet. <sighs> I want to say the false. I do. Uh I want to blame people thinking I have small feet on camera tricks, but <sighs> you got me under the hot lights. It's the truth. I'm 6'5". I've gotten an 11 and a half foot. It would be the smallest foot in the oh, NBA yeah. if I made it to the NBA. And that's including, you know, I don't know, Earl Boykins. He had, <laughs> he had, a, bit, he had a bigger foot than I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's God, small. That's like, All I got how is does long that, legs. I mean, that is, you know, I have a friend like that. She's very tall with tiny feet. And I always thought, like, how do you balance? Um, so when you, when you have small feet and you see things like the NFL combine, where there's just like seemingly ridiculing a young man for his hand size, do you, do you relate? Do you feel for him? Oh, a hundred percent. I don't want, I, I hate saying my shoe size aloud, you know, well, like I hate people knowing that I have an 11 and a half. And if I'm being honest an 11 and Chuck Taylor's even more embarrassing. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So uh, who was it that had an eight and a half inch hand? I was like, Ooh. That's yeah. tough, buddy. Sounds like a small hand. <laughs> it's not, like, well, the funny thing is, is, I didn't know, I didn't have context. I'm like, okay. So I'm looking at my hand going, my hand seems like it's like big like that. But, and then I'm thinking, oh, that's small. Oh, that's small. But it's, I guess he's a dude. Okay. You were honest. I appreciate that. Respect. Mad respect. Um, last, but certainly most important, Guy Fieri should become an NBA team owner or GM. That's the truth. Absolutely. Flavor Town Flavors. My God. We need an expansion team. Um, You know, there's been rumors that uh, that Vegas is in the mix for an expansion team. At some point, Guy Fieri has major connections to the Las Vegas scene at the very Went to college there, right? That's right. He's a UNLV guy. Uh, I forget the name of his restaurant that he's got there. I've been to it. I watch all the time. Yeah. What is that called? Anyways, he's got a restaurant in the middle of Las Vegas. 
Have you so always seems- loved Guy Fieri or is this like, like when did this happen? Uh, college and post-college is like, I don't know, for whatever reason, the Food Network would have a diners, drive-ins, and dives marathon seemingly every day. They would play 12 hours of Triple D every single day. I watched a lot of them. Um, so, you know, he kind of became, you know, just like a, just a fun name to throw around in the mix. He's a fun guy to watch, had funny clips. Then fast forward years and years later, we're at All-Star at the 27 All-Star game. He said something like, oh, just touchdown at All-Star. So I tweeted at him, joking around, hey, you want to judge our dunk contest? He said, yeah. So then he came and judged our starters dunk contest. So, yeah, I mean, like, I was a fan before then, and now I'm a stan. I'm a guy stan, big time. You're super stan. I feel like the ass because I always mocked Guy Fieri. I was like the group that was, like, too cool. Like, oh, Guy Fieri. It turns out I was 1 billion percent wrong, like as wrong as I've ever been about anything in my entire life. And I'm with you, except for I'm doing it now in like 2021, 22, where I'm watching and I call it diners, diners and diners. It's just easier to remember that way. I watch all of it, guys, grocery, all of it. And I have grown to just love this human. I had no idea I was capable of loving Guy Fieri. But here we are. What a world. Seems like a good dude. He seems like a good dude, and you got to give him props because he's eaten at so many of these diners, God. drive-ins, and dives. And I'm with you. It's hard to like. I'm saying it, but I'm diners, sure, diners, not diners. sure if I'm saying it the right yeah. way, the right order. No, um, go with me he, on this one. We're gonna change it for everybody. Yeah, diners, diners, and diners. He's been at all of them, <laughs> uh, and he never gives a bad review. Ever. There's got to be some bad food he's eating, Ever. but he always I is don't know. shoveling it down and enjoying it. Unless you throw an egg on there, for whatever reason, the guy hates eggs. <laughs> yeah, he's not a big egg fan. Yeah, don't but give him an I, egg. But you can tell, I mean, I can't, we could can do a whole podcast on Guy Fieri. You can tell by his facial expressions when he's genuinely like, yep, this is the one. And that's when I, now I know. I'm like, okay, I'm going to eat at that place if yeah. I ever get to wherever the hell that place is. <laughs> God bless him. I'm so happy we share that in common. All right. No Dunks podcast. Tell everybody all the, tell everybody the same stuff we're always supposed to tell them. Where do you find it? Oh, you can find the No Dunks podcast anywhere and everywhere. <laughs> where, where are we? We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on all of the various Stitchers and Podbeans. You can find us on YouTube or you can subscribe on the Athletic Look app to that. get it without ads. How about that one? I like that. I like that. Trey Kirby, I want to thank you so much. If I don't say my part of the podcast plug, I also get in trouble. So I will, reminder, voicemails, text. We have a phone number. It's very easy to remember. It's 631 397 0403. Very easy. Just a bunch of numbers that make no sense whatsoever. Memorize it. We also have a YouTube channel now. So like he said, go subscribe. Go do all that stuff. No Dunks Podcast. Guy Fieri's number one. We want him to be our Oprah Winfrey. Adopt us, Guy Fieri. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>